Conversation brought to you by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer, and today I'm speaking with a new friend, photographer Kim Hartz out of Houston. Yes. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks. I'm, I'm great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this is We're at Imaging USA 2018 in a little studio I have set up in a room. And today, today we're going to be talking about how to build a business as a pet photographer, among other things. Um, but who, who, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself, <laughs> about Kim. Who is Kim Hartz? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. So I um, am a pet photographer out of Houston. I started my business back in 2010. And when I started, I kind of photographed everything because that's what I thought you had to do in order to be a successful photographer. <laughs> yeah. Found out I didn't like a lot of different things. So like I really hated some things. Mm. Uh, weddings, no thank you. Mm. I mean, I mm -hmm. photographed a couple and I, oh my God, it was awful. So you did that at the beginning. Oh, I did that. I did everything at the beginning. Mm. I thought I was going to be a boudoir photographer. Going into it. Yes. Why did you think that? I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> I think I, I thought there was a market for it. And when I first came to imaging, which was actually the first imaging I ever came to was in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And I was here a solid week. Yeah. Totally new, hadn't, yep. didn't have a studio yet, nothing. Uh, I don't think I left the hotel once. I was here like indoors for a week. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what happens here. But I think I, I went to just a variety of classes and for some reason I went to a boudoir class and I was like, oh my God, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's going to go be huge. Light up the Houston area. And with... I did a lot of boudoir when I went home. I just didn't like it. Yeah. I don't know. It was just something about it. And I always loved animals. And nobody was really doing it in Houston at the time when I really looked. Mm -hmm. There were, I could count on one hand how many people and only one of them was doing in studio. And in Houston, I mean, you kind of have to, you don't have to, but it's like, I won't photograph outdoors in the summer. It's just miserable for yeah. everybody. It's so like if you lived too. in, you know, Minneapolis right now, you know, I wouldn't photograph right now. Right. You know, right. or wherever it's super yeah. cold. It's flipped. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I, I had a vision of doing it a certain way. And so I thought, I'm doing it. And I told people I'm going to just be pets. That's it. Mm. Mainly dogs. Mm -hmm. um, people laughed at me like, oh, that's just, there's no way. Is that right? No one is going to pay good money mm. to have their pets photographed. And uh, they were very wrong. Right. So yeah, the majority of my business now is pets. And I will say loving animals is a huge part of it, being patient, but also knowing how to run a business, which is I've loved what they said at the keynote and how they're really promoting business at this imaging mm -hmm. because if you don't know how to run a business it doesn't matter how good you are right you won't be in business for very long right. so um luckily i do have a background i have a uh, double major in marketing and finance okay um, that's what i graduated in because i thought i was going to be like an investment banker and i had an opportunity to do that and no thank you <laughs> did you start out in your career doing some corporate type stuff? I did. Or? I actually started out in real estate. Okay. And I um, was in real estate marketing. I was not a realtor, even though I still have my license. Right. Still keep it up. It's right. good to have. Yeah, and, have it. <laughs> But I started in real estate marketing and I um, worked in a cubicle mm. nine to six and mm. had to log out when I would go to lunch. And I just, oh. I, I can't live that kind of life. Right. And I, I knew I always wanted to own a small business. I just wasn't sure what it was going to be. And so I quit my job right after I got engaged because um, I was going to start looking at stuff, venues and things like that. And I got married in Lake Tahoe because um, my dad's actually from there. So nice. um, I was going out there all the time and I thought, you know, no one's going to hire me kind of like in the back of my mind if I'm leaving all the time. So I'll just take this time off to figure out what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I took a few months off and looked at a lot of different things 
And I looked at going to law school. I looked at going to be an architect. Mm. Um, and then I thought, went back to photography because I'd always, I'd done it before. So you really like gave it a go. Like oh, yeah. you really. I went all in. You, yeah. But even, what I mean, even before you decided. Yeah. You like really fanned everything oh, out. Oh, yeah. Well, and then I'll tell you why. So <laughs> I was 24 uh, when I got married and, you know, still pretty young. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to have a plan because I was going to, you know, if I wanted to go to law school, that's a, you know, huge expense. That's a commitment. Yeah. Architecture also yeah, huge expense because mm -hmm. I love real estate. I grew up in real estate. And mm -hmm. so I figured I'd stay in that world. And, um, and then photography, which also it's a huge expense <laughs> in its own right. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the school yeah. part, depending on what you do with that. But, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to get kind of my parents' opinion slash approval. Mm. And I knew that my dad needed a little more hardcore evidence than that this is what I wanted to do versus just saying it. Yeah. So I really did my research. I met with professional photographers in Houston and I showed them my portfolio to see if this was even viable from mm -hmm. what I had done. Because um, I was going to minor in it in college and then I didn't. Um, mm -hmm. Other things come up, you know. So your dad wanted some... Well, he didn't even know what I was doing, like <laughs> that I was even going to propose this to him. And I just know him. You were you were getting ready. Oh, yeah. You were, oh, you yeah. were doing your due diligence. So when he said, why the heck would you want to do that? Yeah. Which I knew was coming. Yeah. I said, well, here's why. Right. And I met with this person and yes. this is what I want to do. And so he had no, he was like, okay, well, you sounds like you got all figured out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I went two weeks after I got married, I got home. And I started um, at the Art Institute in Houston mm -hmm. to learn studio lights because I knew mm -hmm. I wanted to do studio lighting. Yeah. But I had that all set up because I had talked to him and he was okay. He was yeah. like, he sounds like you got it figured out. So That's, I just, And that helped you too. It did. Right. But I'm a, very much of a planner. Mm -hmm. So I can't just be like, I'm going to do this one day. Or, right. No, no. I lay it all. It drives my husband crazy because he's one of those, it'll all work out. <laughs> go with the flow, which it drives me nuts. <laughs> I'm a planner, so I he is completely like you, he gets along with everybody. <laughs> just it drives yeah. you nuts that your husband gets along with everybody. We That's went the best. to our 15 year high school reunion, and because we met in high school, yeah. And um, everyone comes up to me and they're like, "Ted is the greatest guy ever." <laughs> Kim, you're so lucky. And I was like, "What happened?" I thought. I, I thought that you know Ted I married I was up. The greatest girl ever. I thought he, <laughs> yeah, I thought no, was, he was the lucky one. He was hilarious, and he was dying. He was because he's a very much doesn't like the spotlight. Yeah, keeps to himself. But oh my gosh, after a while, I was like, oh my gosh, apparently I'm the lucky one. <laughs> so it was really funny. He really enjoyed that moment. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah so. so you prepared. Yes. You got yourself ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that helped you at the beginning with your business because you did that piece. A lot of people. Because it's, I was asking initially because I thought, oh, are you one of these people that was in the corporate world and then you mm -hmm. always had this longing to do photography and then you just one day fell into photography? No. But really, because <laughs> that, that happens a lot. It does, yeah. But yours was a lot more um, well thought out and planned. Yes. And and you had like a bunch of numbers run. Oh, yes. And, so that side mm -hmm. of it was, uh, so I did the whole, you know, got the, the education from the Art Institute. I didn't graduate because I got what I needed and I left, you know, okay. uh, their business program for me at the time was not, I had already had two degrees in business and mm. it just wasn't great. Mm -hmm. And I, and I've met with them several times actually to discuss, you need business so right. much more. Right. But so when I started, I had to do a business plan cause I got a loan. 
because I rented a space, mm-hmm. which I don't necessarily recommend. Right. I have a home studio now. Sure. Um, but I had to get a business loan and I had to do a full business plan, mm-hmm. run the numbers. I had to revise that baby multiple times <laughs> and meet with a lot of people. Yeah. And so now I had to do the whole deal mm-hmm. and taught me a lot. And it really helped me to set my business up the right way. So you started off at the beginning with a space. I did. Because I thought yeah. you had to have a space to be yeah. considered legitimate, which is not true. And this was in uh, 2010. 2000. You know what? I That was the thought back then. Yeah. I think it was. It was. And I thought that I had to have that. And so yeah. I did. I signed a two-year lease. Yeah. Could not wait to get out of that two-year lease. Right. Um, my landlord was great. The space was great, but it just ate away at so much you were, profit yeah. you could have. Right away, that comes off. Completely. It was like my top. overhead was like 2200 a month. Yep. I mean, that's tough. So and right when, away. And yeah. e- even in January, well, it right. doesn't go away. No, it doesn't. And when you think that you check your business account, you're like, oh, I'm doing great. And then you didn't accrue your rent checks and your landlord deposits right. six at the same time. Right. Yeah, that, that hurts. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> You know, it's funny. I think that that was the mindset for quite a while in 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 the 2000s and then i think it started to to get out of that but i feel as though you may have been like a casualty of that mindset you know Mm -hmm. considering you started in 2010 or right around there it was i think it was lingering because i do remember right around that time like really trying to tell people that because we did that Mm -hmm. but we we did it like 10 years earlier and you know you you build this monster you know and then we bought the building and, and now you have to feed it. Oh yeah. You know, and, and so we, I, we've spent the longest time telling people like trying to get them out of that mindset and just mm-hmm. say, you don't have, you don't have to do that. No, you don't. And <laughs> I've, I, since I got out of it, cause I've now had my studio eight years full time mm-hmm. and six of those years have been as a home studio. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, don't do it. Yeah. I was so nervous when I moved from my retail space to my home studio that people wouldn't take me seriously. They wouldn't pay my prices. Right. I, people would walk in my studio and go, oh, this is really nice. And I made a very big effort to make it look right. like a retail space. Right, but, but in, you put that money into your home. Right, and I'm very lucky. You didn't lucky. put that money into yes. somebody else's building. No, con- true, very right. true. Right. And I'm very lucky in that my home has, it's almost like a, it's a, like a garage apartment, but it's a really mm-hmm. nice space. Yeah. So it's not in my home, mm-hmm. which is really nice considering I photograph pets. Right. And I have a dog, a cat, and I have two kids under so the age of four. So there's some separation. There is separation. Right. Um, because, and I know some people that photograph in their home, like in their living room, and right. they have dogs and they photograph dogs right. and they just crate their dogs and it works fine. Yeah. I just didn't want to have my house clean all the time. Right. I, I mean, when you have a three and a half year old and a two year old <laughs> and a golden retriever that sheds nonstop, it's yeah. like... You know. Lasts about a minute and a half. <laughs> right. Like, oh, right. Glad so, I did all that. <laughs> yeah. So, but having moved, I mean, I raised my prices when I moved to my home studio. Nobody said anything. Yeah. I was able to take, I, I worked with SMS um, mm-hmm. before they went away, yep. which I'm so sad they're not around I anymore. It. I know it. It was one of the best programs PPA had. Mm-hmm. And um, I went from 0.08% profitability from my last year at my lease, mm-hmm. moved to a home studio, went from that to 32% profitability. Boom. The next year, upwards of 50%, and it just yeah. keeps going up. Well, because right, right away, twenty six or $27,000 for you yeah. is in your pocket. Right. right. The, the amount of rent and the utilities that I just get to keep now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so That's now beautiful thing. my goal every year is how much of my cost of sales can I cut? Yeah. How much of my expenses right. can I cut? It's kind of a game now. It, is, it does become a game. Yeah, I yep. mean, like it was, I think it was last year, uh, I wanted to go from 25%, which is what they recommend, to 22. 
And yeah. instead, I went from 25 to 17. Awesome. And it was... Now, but now you're like, ooh, I want to get down to 13. I, I know. And <laughs> it wasn't even that hard. Yeah. So it's it's been great being at home studio. So I was going to ask you, why pets? Yeah. But I feel like we've kind of covered that. You seem... You, you love... And, and, your, and your website was... Talks about you know, human babies and and furry <laughs> right. babies too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because you've always loved pets. So mm-hmm. for you, it wasn't it wasn't like it was super difficult to decide that niche. No, it wasn't. I I will say the reason I really went for it is because, um, I had just gotten not just I would say she was probably a year old when I started um, a golden retriever named Abby with my husband. She was mm-hmm. our first pet together. Mm-hmm. She's still around. She's doing reasonably well. She's had a rough year. Mm-hmm. But um, I just started photographing her for everything. Anytime I wanted to try something new, so I'd get Abby in there. Oh, okay. And so she kind of, she actually became kind of the face of my studio. People had asked to meet her. They still do. It's pretty funny. She's on your site? Yeah, I'm sure she's in one of the images somewhere. Right. I, I think, try not to show her too much because I don't. <laughs> I think I saw a golden on there. So and I used to probably have her. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because I get a lot of golden retrievers because of her. But I have oh, people right. that actually ask me, and they're not even there for pets necessarily. But can we meet Abby? Oh. It's so funny. Um, but she's the reason I really got into it because I had a model right there. She was reasonably well trained. Mm-hmm. Now she just sits there and she's like, "Okay, can we do this?" <laughs> she's eight now, so get she's not as excited about it, but. <laughs> That really got me to be able to test things out and try new things. Um, Build your confidence, maybe. Even. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, being a pet photographer, you have to, I tell people, you have to like animals. Because there are people mm. that think they're going to make a ton of money in pet photography. Right. But they don't actually like animals. Right. Which is tough, <laughs> you know. Well, because let me ask you this. I, Because I, I, I would equate that same type of thing with people that try to photograph children. Yes. Babies, too, but... In this case, what what I'm referring to is children, because I can, I feel like a kid, a toddler. Mm -hmm. If you don't like toddlers, Mm -mm. the first person that's going to know that is the kid, is the toddler. Yeah. They get it. Oh, yeah. And I feel like pets are the same way. Pets are very intuitive. And Mm -hmm. so if they're, if they can sense that you are not into it, they're not going to give you what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing like when an owner comes in and they're super stressed about the situation, Mm -hmm. the pet feeds off that. And so sometimes you've got to tell them, okay, you need to go stand in the back. Yes. And it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it's, it, you have well, to. You, you do the same thing with a toddler. Yeah, I know. I know. It's if you pretty, need to, right? Hey mom. hey, mom, there's stuff out in the gallery. Why don't you go look at frames for like right. a minute and a half? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. People, uh, yeah, they, they, the dogs definitely know. And, and it's also too about being patient because mm-hmm. if you're not patient, then you're definitely not going to get what you want. Same thing with a toddler. Mm. I mean, because you can't just be like, you sit here and you stay because it's not happening. That is, that is really interesting. I don't know if I've ever really considered the, all the correlations, all the different times that we've talked about pets and, mm-hmm. and, and worked with pets. I don't know if I've ever considered them that much, but I feel like there's a there's an awful lot there that, that translates. There is. Hmm. Yeah. The only difference, I think, is... You can teach your dog to sit and stay on command and you can leave them in a crate and go out. <laughs> yeah, like good pets are, are, seem to be more but obedient. It, it depends. It depends. <laughs> Not always. Uh, no, I have had the full gamut of obedience levels from dogs that don't even know their own name or sit. Mm-hmm. Um, if a dog can sit, I can do pretty much anything. Yeah. I'm good. Um, if they can't sit, I'll figure it out. But I've had dogs too that know commands for like putting their head on their paw. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. But basic obedience just depends on the person who's got them and then right. the owners really can 
be very detrimental to your session. So <laughs> yeah. What? So what do you do? Okay. So what do you do in a situation where you have like a a nightmare owner, <laughs> right? How do you how, how do you handle that? What's what's a good practical tip? Well, so a good tip to begin with is to set the expectation and how things work. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't tell people, because I always have a planning session where I meet with the owner and the pet before always. always. If it's a pet, unless they're out of state, I'll Skype right. them. Okay. But yes, because. You want, if especially in a, if you're in a studio or in a closed space, or even if you're not, for the pet to meet you mm-hmm. uh, is really important for them to be comfortable. Okay. But also to let the owner know, you know, when I set up a shot, we're going to, I'll tell you kind of where, because I don't work with assistants. My owner is my handler a lot mm-hmm. of the time. So I will tell them that in advance. Right. You're They're going to be, be helping me. Yes. Right. And so when I, when I get all this stuff ready, I'll tell them there'll be a lot of jumping on and jumping off the furniture. Very normal. Mm-hmm. And when I'm ready, I said, I will have you either hold the leash or stand there and be quiet. I will make the noises. I will get them in position. And you just, and if you have to reiterate that during the session, that's fine. It doesn't always work. I know. But as long as you lay it out. You want the pet, the subject to be paying attention to you. Exactly. And I tell them that. And so sometimes a dog is so attached to their owner that I need the owner literally standing above my head. Yes. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But as long as you kind of lay out so that they hopefully don't become that nightmare client. Because <laughs> right. if you haven't told them what to expect and what you expect right. from them, right. then you're like, can you please stop talking? You know, because then it might lead to a little animosity. Well, yeah, then they have that associated and with you the still, experience. I know, and you don't want that. <laughs> and there's nice ways of saying it. Like, you know what? I really think that they're just responding to you. And I think I can get some great images if you just go in the back for a minute. And right. they're always fine with that because that's what they want. Well, and the second that, I feel like the second that you look at, a client and say, you know what? <laughs> right. Can you get out you, of here? You could yeah. stop. You could just right. stop right you there. You could. And they'd be like, hopefully oh. with most people. Right. Right. But some not people, always. Some people just don't get it. Yeah. No, you, yeah. need to, you need to hammer it home. You do. But I, I really don't have to do that a ton because I've really laid it out early, which I think yeah, is so important. You do your so work important. beforehand. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then also doing that planning session, I know what they want mm-hmm. in their photo. I know what their dog best responds to. Like, for example, when so Abby, my golden, has been photographed hundreds of times. Right. So my noises, like I pulled up my noisemakers last week because I took some shots for her for my presentation. Yeah. She just looked at me like seriously. Don't I've work. heard that like a million times. They don't work. It doesn't even no, it doesn't you work because she's just You gotta come up with something new. Completely different. But I know with Abby, one of the things that she responds to is a random phrase. And and it's something that if you were a pet photographer, I was your client, you would never know unless you asked me. So you have to ask these questions because what I can say to Abby is, do you want to go fishing? That's it. And she, it does. And I did it to her and she was like, yes, it was hilarious. <laughs> and then she's but like, that's it. That's it. Do you want to go fishing? You have to say it like as a pep, as a pep tar for what, you know, do right. you want to go fishing? And that and gets so, her. Right. Yes. But that's it. That is right. literally it. She responds to that. And mm-hmm. you know that. And I no know one that. else is going to know but that. But right. But as a, you know, as yeah. a pevatar for trying to get that expression, you got to do your homework. So you're getting, you're, you're, you're kind of getting the dirt. Yes. On, the, on the pet. Exactly. Like what what works? What mm-hmm. what should I not well, do? And the best too right? is if you don't have that and then you like I I had a friend tell me once she was like I was in the middle of a session I'm so frustrated the dog won't look at me and the owner finally goes, "Oh yeah, he's deaf." <laughs> it's like, "What?" That's something that could have been helpful like when, an hour ago yeah, before all yeah. of this. Well, that's what the planning session right. is for. Right. Well, yeah. I like I really like the idea. I I hadn't thought of this either. But I really like the idea of building that rapport mm-hmm. with the animal too. Oh yeah, no, and with pets you got to be really careful because some dogs yeah. going into a new environment right are very hesitant. Yes, 
And so one of the biggest things or biggest mistakes pet photographers make, especially if you're starting out, is you think, oh, there's a new dog. I'm going to go right over to him. Right. No. I never approach a new dog. I let the owner come in. I talk to the owner. I let the dog run around. I always give the disclaimer if they go to the bathroom, it's totally fine because that will kill your session and sale, which has not even happened yet. Right. If you don't handle that appropriately. So you, uh, that's another one of those things that you tackle first. Oh yeah. Initially. Hey man, that's like one of the first things I say. Yeah. Just so you know. Yes. Right. And they always laugh and then sometimes it happens and then they, you know, it is what it is. Right. Right. But, um, I will put my hand down and if they want to come sniff it, fine, but I don't, I don't approach them till they're ready to approach me. Right. Yeah. Okay. So because you don't want to get them riled up, you don't want to get them scared. You just let them do their thing. And so we've been talking a lot. So we talk, we say pets, mm-hmm. but it sounds as though the vast majority are dogs. Yes. I do photograph cats. I do not show them on my website because <laughs> I don't want people to think that's what you're going to get because cats are incredibly different. Yeah. Um, you might get a cat that will sit on a chair and look at you and go, let's do this. And I've had those. Or you'll get one that hides under a chair the whole time. Mm-hmm. It won't come out. Yeah. So I will photograph cats. I'm also allergic to cats. I, usually, oh my. I don't tell my clients. I, <laughs> the only time I've been bit was by a cat. It was my fault. I hid my finger behind my back. It's like blood. was. <laughs> the session was over and it was my fault. I felt so bad. She never saw it. Thank goodness. You felt so bad that you got bit. No, I felt bad that, you know, the cat was, you know, obviously not having it and I was trying to do something and shouldn't have been. Right. Um, But I made sure she didn't see it. But no, cats are very different. Um, But also, I will say in my experience as a pet photographer, people tend to spend more on their dogs than their cats. Mm. And I don't know if that's just because the dog, I mean, cats, I have a cat too, you know, and he's. You have a cat and you're allergic to cats. I, I know. I'm immune to him. Unless he sleeps well, on my something. face. Okay. But yeah. for the most part, That'll it's fine. It. But he's one of those cats that's very social. He's like a dog. Mm. I'll never have another cat. He, mm. There's no cat that it can be as good as this one. The bar is set too It's high. set far too high. Mm. But, um, you know, he, I hate to say it though, if I were to go get custom pet portraits, I, I, there's just something about, and I know there's tons of cat people out there, but right. uh, that market is not like a dog market. Yeah. I mean, the dogs and the the relationship you can have, most cats can be very aloof. So yeah. unless you're like a super cat person, yeah. and, you know, it's it's just a different market, I think. But I know there are people out here that are going to listen to this and say, oh, I do great with cats. And that's great. Right. Yeah. Keep doing great with cats. Yeah, that's great. I just, for the majority of my work, I've just found that people with dogs are the ones that come well, in. Well, and you're not allergic to dogs. I am not. So yes. <laughs> I know. Throw that into the ring. Yeah, I never tell clients that I'm allergic to cats, but so I am. They don't because my wife's allergic to cats too, but she mm-hmm. photographs cats. Yeah. But it's you know, it's it's different. It's like the dander. So like mm-hmm. if the cat's just there for a little bit, it's not that big of a deal. But if mm-hmm. she goes into somebody's house that has a cat Right. It's bad. She she gets so mm-hmm. she looks like she's gonna pass out. Yeah, no, my best friend growing up had seven cats. So oh. I would go spend the night at her house all oh, the time. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, that would be horrible. Yeah, I used to be deathly afraid of cats too because her, her cats would be like under the dining room table and come out and attack me. So they, they do that sometimes. They do do that. Dogs don't do that. I got caught in the bathroom for 15 minutes one time from a neighbor's cat. <laughs> it was one of the most horrifying experiences of they my life. They can be so mean. It, this was a Siamese cat too. Oh, and they're the worst. It was evil. They're mean, yeah. And I can't. I couldn't do anything. No. You know, I was stuck in the bathroom. That's so funny. It was terribly embarrassing. <laughs> I'm a Siamese cat. 
So now, yeah, I have, I kind of have a thing against Siamese cats. I, it's funny. Ever we, since Lady and the Tramp, I mean, you can't really like a Siamese cat. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's, that's a great reference. I'm I have little kids, so I obviously right. I've seen all the Disney's. Oh yeah, more than more than once in, mm-hmm. in my house. Oh yeah. Um, I we would say, you when you mention that people spend money on their dogs, mm-hmm. we would say. People like their kids, and they love their pets. Mm-hmm. And and that is that that really does come across sometimes. Oh yeah, that way that they have like, and and it's 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 a joke. I say it tongue in cheek, right before anybody gets too fired up. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's like the point is, people have this like undying love for. They're, they're, and dogs in particular mm-hmm. is what it is what it seems like to me. Because when I think pet photography, I primarily think dogs too. We've yeah. done turtles, we've done snakes, you know, we've done all. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a snake guy. Oh yeah. yeah. My mom but, always asked me, "What if somebody wants a snake photographed?" <laughs> so I guess I do it. I mean, <laughs> nobody's called me yet for that, but she did. Yeah, she was done, very concerned. We've done, we've done a few snakes. Yeah. So I've done parrots mm-hmm. and. Parrots and man, that might be as, as exotic as I've got. That's about as far as it goes. With a bulldog. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did a bulldog once. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, bulldogs are fun. Yeah. Well, how, so you, a couple different points was, were that, were that you sent me, what were that, how, how to stand out. So yeah. do you mean how to stand <clears throat> out as a photographer or how to stand out specifically as a pet photographer? As a pet photographer, I mean, I've really taken the time to brand my business as a pet photographer. And with any type of photography, and I feel like pets are are really gaining a lot of traction. Mm. And they have for a long time. But now, what when I started in 2010, what was a handful of photographers is now hundreds probably oh, in Houston. Yeah. Oh. And just in Houston alone. And... It's you have to really set yourself apart, not just as a photographer, but as a pet photographer, if that's what your main niche is going to be. And so I so when I started, I about six months in, like I said, I went for the dog photography and I made a big point of kind of rebranding myself and really going for that market. And I became established. People would know me as a pet photographer in Houston and mm-hmm. and not like just other photographers, like people in Houston looking for a pet photographer be like, oh, yeah, you're Kim Hartz. I've seen your stuff. I mean, I did everything from cross marketing, putting stuff up in, you know, um, other uh, businesses to like vets and you know, vets. I did, but vets are not the best no, place for pet no photography good. because people are already spending so much money on their dogs and cats at the vet. Right. Like, yeah, the like, last ooh. thing they want is to think about oh, I'm gonna spend a couple thousand dollars right. for this pet photographer. So what's a good? Who's a good vendor for you? So I well, you have to consider who your client is. Okay. So for me. Um, and this is probably the same for a lot of pet photographers, uh, young professional single women, mm-hmm. um, couples, dual income, no kids. Okay. Dinks, as you call them. Um, and then dual there's a gap. Income, no, dinks. Okay. Dinks, dual income, no kids. I haven't heard of that. I, at first I thought it was, uh, it was an offensive term. <laughs> no, no, it's an acronym. <laughs> I, oh, it's an acronym. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 nothing <laughs> offensive. Um, and then once people start having kids, obviously that fall off right. is more towards the kids. So then you have empty nesters. Okay. So those are my main groups. So out of those, who tends to contact you? Well, it's usually a woman in the relationship if, right. you know. Um, so I started to think, well, where can I find this person? And you start thinking about who is your ideal client mm-hmm. and going beyond just the demographics of they're this age, they do this. Right. What do they do for fun? What do they do in their spare time? And um, I thought, hmm, okay, well, uh, 
they get their hair done, they get their nails done. Yeah. So I had a, of... a photo of Abby up getting her hair done in an antique beauty salon chair. Perfect. With the little smock and everything. Of at uh, a hair salon. Actually, yeah. my the place I would go and get my hair cut, and it was the only portrait up there. Uh, dog, so people stood out. I got so many clients from that. From and then that a nail salon. Yeah. People have standing appointments every week. Has nothing to do with pet photography, but my ideal client is there. Right. I think people have a hard time. They think it has to be pet related. And sure, I have an image up at a doggy daycare. Right. But I don't get, I get clients from the nail salon and the hair salon. Yeah. Because that's where they are. That's where your clients are. So yeah. you have to think about it kind of outside of the box mm-hmm. of I where like to partner with. Yeah. I like that. So then how do you stand out? What are, what are some specific things so, you do to stand out? Standing out is... In pet photography, it's how you do it. You know, everybody can photograph a dog on a green grass in a park somewhere, right? Right. With natural light. And I love when, and this is going to sound mean, I love when photographers say, I love the beauty of natural light. And all that says to me is you don't know how to use a studio light. (laughs) And I hate to say that. Well, it's, it's, but it's true for better or for worse. It is. And which that aspect is really not that difficult. And it Mm -hmm. can take your photography from looking like everybody else's Mm -hmm. to looking like you know what you're doing. Right. And I think taking the time to invest in yourself and really get your work to a place that doesn't look like everybody else's, because that's part of the problem is there's so many of us mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. why should somebody come to you versus someone else right. if you're charging way more? Right. And, you know, it comes down to running a good business and those things, but it also comes down to having really good images. Right. Um, so I think standing out, figuring out what you want your style to be so you don't look like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people struggle with that. I know I did in the beginning. I had no idea what I wanted my stuff to look like. Right. I've evolved so much since I opened my studio to what my work looks like now to what it did when it when I first opened is very different. And that, that happens, right? That's and that's just, a good thing. Right. I tell people they should evolve right. because what your client wants and what the market wants changes. And so when I started, I did studio, which was one of the few. So that was a, something that kind of put me up as standing out because it was indoors didn't have to worry about heat because houston just right yeah you're good with heat down there yes rain lots of rain Mm -hmm. um so i didn't have to worry about any of that and then i photographed on all these really fun antique things and then all of a sudden everybody was photographing on fun antique Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. and so i just kind of moved away from that and now i do very um i use a lot of color harmony very simple so it's just about the dog and so also the thought there is it can go on anybody's wall anywhere Mm-hmm. When you use those fun, really bright colored antiques, you're really limited to where they're going to put it. Right. Because yeah. of their style. Right. Which mm-hmm. is a question I asked during the planning session. Mm-hmm. You know, what is your style? Right. What colors are in your home? Do you yeah. have an idea of where you're going to put this? Because it all helps down the road. So how much of a, of a finished image would you attribute to styling up front, you know, based on your conversation mm-hmm. with the client and... Of course, how you shoot it and how you light it and where you shoot it and where you light it, as opposed to what is done in post. I do very little in post. Okay. I don't like Photoshop. <laughs> I'm one of those. You, said, fo- you like lowered your voice. Yes. Like so nobody. Well, I, I use a retouch artist. Okay. Or and people scoff at that. Oh, what? <laughs> I do the final things to all of my images. But like for removing fur from a couch. Yeah. I'm sending that out. <laughs> and I have a great guy. I wish people could see your face when you said that. <laughs> I can tell you how much pushback I'm I get. Sending when, that out. I'm I'm not. I'd rather spend time with my kids and my husband. Of course. And not retouch fur off a sofa for two you hours. You realize you're the smart one. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, well, you, you know. say these things and you lower your voice <laughs> and you but, like look to the side. But everybody's like, oh my God. 
but that's your work. I'm like, well, yeah, well. You know, you're the smart one. I, I, I outsource believe, anything and everything I can. I believe you're the smart one. Yeah. For, well. for the record. And any, Thank you. And anyone that's scoffing, in my mm. opinion, scoffs out of envy. Well, it's not that big of a deal to hire. It's not that expensive either. Well, and that, yeah. I hear that all the time. It's It costs mm-hmm. too much. No, it doesn't. I use I, I don't use a service. I use one guy. He lives mm-hmm. in Houston. He approached me. Find a guy. I've used him for like six years now or seven years. I told I people to find a, find a kid in high school. Yeah. An art student yeah. or something. We yeah. did that initially. We brought him in and, and, and I showed yeah. him what I knew how to do. Right. And I was like, hey, now do this. And, you know, mm-hmm. paid them whatever I paid them. It wasn't that much. But to them, it was great. They were doing right. what they were loving to do. And yeah. they had a job after school for a couple hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to do that stuff anymore. I know. I mean, I still do headshots occasionally yeah. just because I, I made all these connections before I kind of stopped doing it. I don't advertise it at all. Right. But when I have like 80 headshots, I send them out. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go and do whatever you I'm going to do. still do it. I know. Still, I know. I started talking lower. I know. I don't know why I like feel I say, bad about saying that. stand up and be that. proud of outsourcing. Yes. Yeah. But no, but so when it comes to like, when I talk to somebody and they tell me what they're looking for and, and, you know, I ask, what do you, you know, really want to highlight Mm -hmm. about your pet? And sometimes they'll tell me nose, eyes, ears, whatever. Right. And so based on, you know, their home, if they have a specific area for it and just what they've told me, the dog, like I love photographing black dogs on a black background on a black sofa. I love it. I think it's classic. Oh, it sounds amazing. Oh, it's one of my favorite things. Isn't that like a huge challenge i'm just well i know what i'm doing at this point not not for you no no. so i love it when people go oh i have a black dog is that gonna be a problem like no not for me that's why they have to come to us right Right. that actually right you're making your point and i am helping you make thank you without knowing that i was even helping you make the point but so but also like let's say i have a brown dog Mm -hmm. you know then i will use one of my uh backdrops that have more earth tones in a brown chair you know i love color harmony complimentary yes yes and so during the planning session, I'll already have an idea of how I'm going to shoot this yeah. so that when they arrive, everything's set up. I never yes. liked my clients to see me setting things up. Okay. I like, and I never, they never see me testing my light. It's all done. I've already tested. You're ready to go. So that I just look like I'm just that much, you know, that great. Well, <laughs> so. and, it, and it probably helps considering the subject too, right? right. You don't want to be messing Mm-mm. around too much no. if you don't have to. No, for sure. So when it comes down to the images that I show them, I don't actually show them fully retouched images. I'll do basic edits, but they'll, they, they also know this up front. It's all about setting expectations. Mm -hmm. But when they come back from getting the fur cleaned up, Mm -hmm. I do maybe two really quick things in Photoshop and that's it. And they're like a adding a vignette, doing some high pass contrast. Right. And that's about it. And there you go. That's it. My images. I, I don't, I keep trying to get into the compositing. I keep thinking I'll love it. And I just don't want to be in front of a computer. That's not where I make money. Don't do that. I like talking with people. Yeah. Just stay away from it. I just, uh, yeah. And some, and I see these beautiful images. I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool to do. And mm. then I never do it. Yeah. I, it sounds like you don't need to. No. And I like the clean image that's, you know, get it right first. And then, right. yeah. that's. I love the philosophy of doing everything you can yeah. to support your style on the front end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And e- even though I'm not, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a back end dude. I do everything. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to. So I actually want to do this stuff on the back end. However, I think it's super important for most people to do what they can on the front end, just from a quality standpoint. Well, right. I mean, the more you do to an image, I mean, it's going to degrade the quality if you didn't do it right Typically. first. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I do that because I just don't enjoy the Photoshop work as right. much because I just don't want to sit in front of a computer. No. But I, I people, it. some people love it and, mm. and their work is great 
because that's part of their style. It's all it comes down, you know, to how you want your work put out there and received. And I like a very minimally edited. This is how it was shot. Right. Beautiful light. Right. All about the dog. Simple, timeless, classic. Exactly. It's going to look right. cool 10 years from now. Right. I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Because right. some of those composites won't. I know. <laughs> Even though like, it's funny, there's a lot of composites out there. And I remember seeing composites 10 years ago mm-hmm. that at the time I thought, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Not not so much. anymore. Well, I feel like the trend now for dog photography, too, is going towards painted. Yeah. Everybody's painting now. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked into it. I was like, maybe I should paint. <laughs> you just, and, you and just can't help yourself. No, and what will kill people too is I don't. When I edit, I edit with a mouse. I don't even edit with a tablet. I bought one and I hated it. And people are like, yeah. "What? You edit with a mouse?" Well, I would probably be one of those people, depending on how much you do. I don't do much though. It's That's literally thing, click, like, click, and I'm done. Like, like if I were doing in depth stuff, sure. The people at our tablet. studio that that I hired to do that stuff, mm-hmm. I took their mice away. Well, that's different. They're and doing things I where... I almost had a mutiny on my hands. Like, I thought I was... I thought they were going not, to kick me happy. out. That's so funny. And I said, two weeks. Mm-hmm. You can have your mouse in two weeks. I did this with every person. There's a learning and, curve. Well, it's and it's usually five to ten days. Mm-hmm. Maybe and, I should try again. <laughs> well, I, if if you're going to dive into that, mm-hmm. I would highly recommend a tablet. Right. Just ergonomically. Yeah, everybody's on your hand. Right, I know. But but there's that there's that hump, right? And mm-hmm. and if you're not going to really focus on that, don't don't yeah. do it. if it were it's kind of like if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. But for these guys that I was that I was bringing in, like in every one of them without fail thanked me profusely, <laughs> you know, a month or so mm-hmm. down the line. Mm-hmm. I am so happy. I don't my hand doesn't cramp anymore and I was doing like these things that I didn't even realize that I could do now so much faster and more efficient. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's why, yeah, I wasn't trying to torture you. I right. It. You knew what you, you, were, you were But doing. if it's not a big, if it's not a big piece of what you do. Yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to shame anybody. No, no. And you know what happened was I bought the medium size, like I mm-hmm. pulled all these people and said, get the medium. It was too big. I should have gotten the small. For a laptop? No, it was for my big desktop and I just, but the way I have my computer set up, I actually don't have a ton of space for a tablet. Oh. And so, and plus the whole, like, I don't know, it just seemed too big. I just couldn't. So I should have gotten the small. And maybe I, I will at some point. I, I, could, but, I could digress and talk about yeah. tablets all day. That's how much of a nerd I am. <laughs> well, I love the idea of it. I just, I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time in front of my the computer. The concept and the execution are two very different. I would rather things. be looking at my numbers than... Like retouching an image. <laughs> See? So. Yeah. I'm the opposite. Yeah. Well, I'm sure most people. <laughs> but I need somebody to look at numbers for me and like figure that right. stuff out. Right. Yeah. Most people don't want to look at their numbers. So. Mm-hmm. 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 Do you have anything to plug? Do you to have plug? Anything? Yeah. Do you have any... I, I just throw it right out there. You know. Yeah. You know, why, why not? Why to try to integrate? Um, well, uh, let's see. I Before I plug anything, I always like to tell people invest in yourself yeah. in education. Imaging USA is a great place, but. Go take workshops and not just workshops on photography, but on business. Yes. Because that's really where people need help. Absolutely. And, um, you know, so having said that. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, let's see. What would an option <laughs> Well, I do, um, I do have a podcast that's just on business mm-hmm. called Through the Business Lens. Mm-hmm. Find it on iTunes. But um, I do um, offer business courses and I'm actually revamping one that's going to be a full business boot camp for mm. portrait photographers. Okay. Um, so probably launching around March-ish, April-ish. So just go to kimhearts.com? 
Yes, you can go to KimHartzka.com and then also KimHartzConsulting.com mm-hmm. is where I put some of the stuff um, for more business education type things. Yep. And I'm also going to be doing a um, course for pet photographers just on the creative side of things. Nice. So getting that all together. It'll all be on there. So just probably, yeah, go to either website, KimHartz.com or KimHartzConsulting.com. Uh, Sweet. Yep. And then I tried to throw a call to action out there for people sometimes. Okay. What what should somebody do? What would be a good thing for someone to do maybe in the next week or two even? Like an assignment or a challenge or... or for people just starting out or just pet photographers in general? Anybody. Anybody? In, yeah, any any pet. Let's keep it to pet photographers. Okay. Like what should a pet photographer or someone aspiring to be a pet photographer, what's something they could do? Mm. Well, I would think... First off, they need to look at their process, and if they don't offer a planning session, that's the number one thing that they should add. Planning session. Integrate a planning session. The number one thing, for Just sure. try it, even. Yes, and people are very opposed to it because, oh, you know, I don't know if people are going to want to meet with me, but mm-hmm. I will say, if somebody is willing to meet with you, and this is a free appointment I do, mm-hmm. if they're willing to meet with you, they're willing to book a session with yeah. you, and they're willing to pay. So it also yeah. gets people invested in the process. Yeah. But not, I mean, just that. It helps you to plan your session but it also helps you to learn about the dog and to learn how to get that expression because that's right. what people are coming for is your expertise, right. understanding how to work with dogs. So it's amazing to me how many pet photographers don't have a planning session. Right. So right. that would be the number one thing. If you don't have one, you need to, you Integrate need to offer a planning it. session mm-hmm. in the next week or two, pick somebody and give it a shot and see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. And, like. and the way you do it too, the way you pitch it so that it's not easy, it's not a hard sell is, you say, this is a great opportunity for me to meet with you and for me to meet with your dog so that right. they're comfortable when they're here for the session. Right. And it's all about them, even though right. it's a lot of it's for you. Right. All about them. Right. right yeah. Right. So it's really not. And when you say that, people are like, oh, that's a great idea. Nice. I hear that all the time. Okay. So planning session. Solid advice from Kim Hartz. Hey, you know what? Thank you for your time today. Thanks I know for having there's, me. There's a lot going on at this thing. And so mm-hmm. I really appreciate <laughs> you taking the piece yeah. out to come. Plus, you didn't know who I was. Well, I knew who you were. I just hadn't actually met you yet. Well, right, you know, I've heard right. of you. Well, I, you know, I, either way, I didn't know like who, who knows who, but was, I knew that we had never really spoken before. Right. Here I'm reaching out to you and asking hey, you, you know? to do this podcast and you were very gracious. So thank you for that yeah, very well, much. I appreciate the invite. Okay. Maybe, well, maybe we'll do it again. All right. We have touched on things that we could branch mm-hmm. off into. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> thank I you love so talking much. about business and pets and business. That'll be another Everything. One. Yes. Thank you. Have a great day and a great convention.